Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What does Bill's formula use? Because he always talks about post-game win expectancy. He looks at, like, the stats of the game, um... He has his five factors. Yeah. Like how you do the five factors is uh, – I, I don't like that. Like I mean I've always like making fun of yardage zealots. I mean in concept, yes. But like that's like – we make fun of people who say, oh, total you know, total offense determines the best offense. So why would you do it on a per-game basis if you're not going to do it on a season basis? Mm-hmm. You know – I don't know. Like I, I, I think his formula for individual games requires. I mean, all he does is he cuts off the formula. It's like, oh, if it's a blowout, I'm no longer. That's the wrong way to approach it. It, sh- it shouldn't be an all or nothing. He needs to come up with a uh, a score effect. Like when you're winning by this much, it weights the stats this much. You know, when you're up by this much, it weights the stats this much. Like because. The situation dictates strategy, mm-hmm. and I, I think he's just completely blowing past that. And, so, and even today, he repeated his like he had his uh, you know it's November column, which was really cool. I really liked his you know this is November and this is the real, and he's like you know LSU is you know held together with you know uh, duct tape and bailing wire, which is fine. That's that, that's a fair statement, but he's still on the line that you know LSU is you know getting big plays when it needs it. That's not true. That's not how LSU was winning. LSU was winning by getting huge leads early and then clinging for dear life. <laughs> I mean, or actually more suffocating the game. But they're not getting like big plays at the exact right time. That's false. We also have the fewest explosive plays of any team in the conference. Exactly. Basically, what LSU is doing is they're getting up big early. And they're putting the game to sleep. I mean, I guess that stat doesn't fully encapsulate what he's talking about because a big play could be an interception or something. Right. And we have a ton of – you know, and we're also getting a ton of turnovers. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would be a fair criticism saying, hey, look, it's not sustainable because it's basically they're just getting a ton of turnovers and it's granting a great field position. You can't count on turnovers. Voila. That's a fair criticism. But I think – He's just taking it one step too far. Yeah, the thought I had was he seems – well, he doesn't seem. He really values efficiency to, like, the utmost. Yeah. And it seems based on the assumption that, oh, efficiency is the most repeatable thing a football team can do, and therefore it's the best indicator of a team that will be successful. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean – and so it's I don't know, it's interesting. I mean, I mean, just but that's not the only indicator. I mean, because he even admits in his big column from last year that the thing that most determines whether you're going to win is explosive plays. Mm-hmm. That's the whoever makes the most explosive plays is probably going to win. But explosive plays are totally unpredictable. So that's why you, you use efficiency as a stand-in because you get more bites at the apple. You know, you're yeah. going to have more chances to make an explosive play. I mean, it's a logical – I think that's a you know a sound formula, but you also have to realize that you're using one thing to stand in for something else. Yeah. So <clears> – no, I don't mind him criticizing LSU this year because, I mean, there are holes. But I don't like the – oh, I think he's come up with an explanation that he pulled out of his ass and he's clinging to it as if there's any data to support it, and there isn't. It's you know, a, the the LSU gets big plays is sequencing its plays properly is in it. I see no evidence of that that LSU is properly sequencing its big plays. Yeah, I think there's. Um, 
I don't know. It's been one of those things where you uh, looking at his rankings over the past several years, and you see all these LSU teams that underperform in terms of record, and then they're yeah. like fourth in his rankings. Yes. And then yeah. this year, it's like, well, we're delivering on the record, but now we're. It's not even that we're ranked poorly. Like we're like thirteenth or something, which is a totally respectable ranking. But I don't. I think it speaks to the complexity of this LSU team too. Like, yeah, I, I still don't really know what this team is. Uh, hey everybody, we're talking LSU football already. Sneaky good podcast. I'm Poser. I'm kind of sick right now. That's because my voice sounds like crap. That's Dan, and we're making fun of Bill Connolly, which is not fair because we both love Bill's work. It's That's outstanding. True. So we're only criticizing it because it's worth criticizing. I, I always want to get that out of the way first. Yeah, we're not the type of people that like lob bullshit at him on Twitter. Yeah, no, I, I think, like I said, I think his formula, I think his assumptions are fine. It's just, even when we were ranked really high, I, I said that his formula was wrong as it applies to LSU, because I think LSU was such an outlier. And I'll use Georgia Tech as the example. Georgia Tech is a hard team to make fit any formula because they're such a unique team. Mm-hmm. You know, they're running the triple option. So if you come up with a formula to rank teams, just because you can't perfectly encapsulate Georgia Tech, that doesn't make your formula bad. It just means Georgia Tech is weird. True. And I, I think LSU was weird. I, I think Les Miles was a – when he was running things, he just ran an offense that no one else did. So it was hard to get a good read on in the formula. Um, Ed is – he, he's running a more traditional pro style kind of thing, but there's still a lot of we're no longer the super slow tempo that we were under less, which is what I think made us overrated in Bill Connolly's formula formulas. Yeah, um, I, I think we've kind of solved the tempo problem. But uh, um, I, I mean, I think the reason we're under, you know, if we're going to say we're underrated in his formula, I think it's the turnovers. I don't think it's sequencing. I, I think it's that LSU gets doesn't turn the ball over much and has forced a ton of turnovers. And we play really good special teams. And yeah, those are things that are not accounted for in Bill's formula because he says turnovers are not repeatable, which I think is fair. And special teams just, I don't really think is a big part of his formula. Yeah. And if that's the things you're good at, well, you're not going to have a very good rating. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I don't think those assumptions are wrong for putting together a rating system. Yeah, that's true. I also don't want to feed into this whole, like, there's no need to spit vitriol at Bill or to line up against every single person that doesn't rank LSU at the top of their list and be like, you fucking idiot, look at us. You know, like, I hate that mentality, too. It's, it's No, no, I I agree with that. Uh, my not that you're, you're not doing that. I'm just, yeah, a segment of our fan base does, and it's like, chill, guys. Is I think he has come up, he has pulled an explanation out of his ass of why LSU is underperforming in the rankings and it's not really supported by evidence yet. He's going to the mattresses on it. I think that's the thing I don't like. Yeah, uh, I, I think. And that's a very unbill kind of thing to do because he's really good about, Hey, this is what the evidence says. And I think he's just like, Oh, well it's this. So pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. And, and the thing is there's things that LSU, I, I mean, we just went through reasons of, that fit his formula of why LSU would be underranked in his in his formulas, turnovers and special teams. It would be really interesting if this weekend somehow LSU managed to win the way we've won basically all year, which is just a really ugly, inefficient. You know, Burrow kept up his like fifteen for thirty two for one hundred and eighty two hundred yards. Didn't turn the ball over, kicked a bunch of field goals, and still beat Alabama because yeah, that, the, the whole story we've heard is like how unstoppable they are. And then if we use the same formula, the one that's not repeatable, the one that 
shouldn't guarantee us to win. The one that's, you know, strung together with bailing wire. Well, to be fair, I think we all, I mean, I think even Bill would agree with this, is that red zone offense is, fluctuates a lot. Mm-hmm. There, there's very rarely a skill. I mean, finishing drives matters in who's going to win a game. It's one of the, it's one of the biggest factors in winning. But it's once again something that's unpredictable. And LSU's kicking a ton of field goals, which I think works against Mississippi State because their offense was so bad and wasn't going to score. If LSU can just turn those field goals into touchdowns against Alabama, it could perform exactly the same, but get a ton more points just because they finish drives. Yeah, we've we've effectively leveraged the death by a thousand paper cut strategy, though. Yeah, and honestly, if you look at Burrow's numbers, it's he has these great first quarters. His first quarter quarter numbers are outstanding. Well, not outstanding, but they're very good. Yeah, he's throwing over sixty percent in the first half. I think his yards per attempt's at around like eight. You know, he's not throwing picks. He has a couple touchdowns. I mean, first quarter he comes out like gangbusters, and then LSU builds its ten point lead. You know, ten to fourteen points. And then they start getting more conservative, and he he never gets his mojo back. And I, I don't I think you won't see that against Alabama because I don't think LSU a will ever be up far enough for the team to put the offense on blocks, or they'll be behind, and you know he'll need to keep slinging it. Yeah, yeah, I think I don't I doubt we go into a shell. Yeah, and I think that's what they've done. If you look at LSU's games this season, that's really one of one of the big influences of Burrow's numbers is that LSU has had a double-digit lead at halftime in almost every game. And they have played to protect the lead. It's not a bad idea. It, it does make you look unsexy on paper. It does. It does not help your numbers. Because, yeah, because... They're playing for time in the second half instead of instead of points, and you can't do that against Bama. Bama's too good to try to you know run out the clock against them. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially with this offense, like it's no longer the Bama of even like five years ago where you might like if you got up on them by twenty one, you might could run it out on them. Yeah. Heck, it's not the Bama two years ago. Yeah. You know this is yeah two is legit. Yeah, he's pretty unbelievable. Uh, and, like, Bama's a hard team to evaluate right now because, on the one hand, their schedule is, has been legitimately terrible. Yes. Uh, I mean, Texas A&M is by far the best team they've played. And that's saying a lot. And honestly, Texas A&M's the best defense they've played, and Texas A&M's a pretty terrible defense. Um. So there's that. So I don't really believe their numbers because they've been beating up on really bad teams. But that said, on the other hand, they're beating them so badly in the second half. They're, you know, they're putting in second stringers and they're putting the game to bed. Like, you know, Tua has what, like 10 pass attempts in the fourth quarter all year or something crazy like that? Yep. So I don't believe their numbers the other way because they're they're up so big. They're not trying in the second half. So they are both underrated and overrated by their numbers. (laughs) Yeah, it's almost a situation where the numbers mean nothing. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know they're good. Well, of course. You don't don't beat – what, they've only played one game within 30 points? Yeah. That's – I don't care how bad your schedule is. You're still playing power five teams. Yeah. If If you don't play a single game within 30 points, you're awesome. Um, but I, I think this is where you get into it. What's more important, uh, beating good teams by 10 or terrible teams by 30? I don't know. I, I think beating good teams by 10 is more impressive. Probably is. I mean, it also, if this game does wind up in a situation where it's close late, I mean, I think you would have to trust LSU I would more, think so. Just because they've been there a little bit? Yeah, but you know, honestly, LSU hasn't played a ton of close games. I mean, the Auburn game, of course. Yeah. But they were close late against Florida, and they kind of came apart at the seams. True. I mean, Burrow looked terrible, you know, at, at the end of the Florida game. Yeah, I, I, I tweeted a, a teaser on Twitter, but, like, 
honestly, if you're going to go through and dig through stats <coughs> and probably film, just judging by things that Seth has written, like you're not going to come away thinking, oh yeah, LSU has a chance in this game. <laughs> it's not, it's not going to look favorable for LSU, and it's not, it's not. The equation is never going to add up. No matter what things you try to point to that LSU does well, there's not enough there to make you say, like, yeah, they could do this. I, yeah. I would say the difference is is that Alabama and LSU have roughly equivalent defenses. You know, they do – they have a better pass rush than, uh, than LSU, but LSU has a better run defense. But by and large, they're roughly equivalent. I, I don't think I'm really going out on a limb on that. The offenses are on different planets. And that's the difference. But so are the special teams. Well, yeah, LSU does have better special teams. By a a healthy margin, too. It's not like... But as much as we say that, the return game's not that much of a plus for LSU. No. You know, when normally you think of special teams, you're like, okay, they could blow things open with a big punt return. But in all the ways that Giles has been disappointing this year, the most disappointing has been in the punt return game. Yeah, but he's. I mean, yeah, it's it, it's interesting to watch him back there. But yeah, there was. I forgot what game it was, but he had one punt return. I think it was against Florida, actually, where you you, you could see it. It was a short punt. You're like, this is one that he can take to the house, and he made like a ten yard return. And you're just like, this, that's the kind of kick you need to make a big play on. The, see and, the, the the I. I think we have a tendency to look at it and say, oh, he hasn't broken any returns, which is true, and that's not a good thing. But also, he's sure-handed. He has never turned it over. But beyond that, I think there's probably been times where he's saved LSU field position because of the way he fields the ball. He does field the I, I do like that. It's not like, I mean, as great of a returner as like Beckham was, he was pretty careless back there. Um, we, yes. forget, you know, we, we forget that, like, Part of being a great returner, someone who can bust it at any time, is you tend to be casual. You tend to take risks. Yes. And Giles doesn't take risks, so I do give you that. He's not going to. He, he's not going to give Bama a big play. And yeah, you're right. There is value to that. Which is, I mean, for a team that is sort of playing the war of attrition when they're on offense, it's valuable because to yeah. be at midfield. Or near it means you got to gain about seventeen yards, and we can get points. Like that's yeah, that's, that's a that's pretty true. valuable trait. And I, what comes down to is like if you say okay, both these defenses are equal, and they're going to do the same amount of work, and they're you know they can do just as well. LSU is facing the best offense in the SEC, and Bama is facing one of the worst Very offenses, true. and that's I think the difference is. I mean, I do think Burrow's numbers are a little bit depressed because of the number of quality defenses he's played. Um, but he's going to play another defense just as good as the ones he's you know he's already played. Like he's, his numbers won't go down, but we kind of see the level. Bam is going to, on the flip side, while they haven't played a defense as good as LSU's, we still know two is going to perform. Like he's not going to go out there and you know throw. He's not going to be Nick Fitzgerald. That's the weirdest reaction I've seen from LSU fans is the whole, like, Tua ain't played nobody. We're going to show him. DBU's going to show him. Like, he's not going to suddenly become, yeah, like, he's not going to suddenly be Nick Fitzgerald or whoever you're thinking. Like, I, I think he's at worst going to be very competent. I, I think the, the what gives LSU fans some confidence is how bad Jake Fromm looked. Yeah. And there was something to be said that Jake Fromm's a very good quarterback. I think he can make a very good case. He's the second best quarterback in the SEC. And LSU made him look bad. Um, but he also had some wide open receivers and he just missed them. Yeah. And things kind of spiraled out of control for him. You, you can't count on that. He's also just a different kind of player. Yeah, I do agree with that. Tua can run around and kill you that way too. So, uh, look, LSU wins. The roadmap for LSU is the is emotion. I think is a, a big player in this one. I mean, I think LSU lost to Florida because of the emotional home crowd. That's and I think LSU needs that similar kind. They they need that similar kind of performance from Tiger Stadium that Florida got from the Swamp. Um, 
I think in a weird way, Devin White being out sort of helps the team. It, I mean, it doesn't help you because Devin White's one of your best players, but it does amp the team up. And, it, and he will be there for crunch time. If the game's close, he'll, he'll be on the field in the second half. Um, you just have to keep the lights on for 30 minutes. Um, so I think the emotion – and then on top of the emotion, you do need a special teams play. And whether that's a blocked kick, um, damage is shanking something, they need something big to happen in special teams. Yeah, I think to me, <clears throat> this game is just – I was thinking this morning, it's like, it's not going to be like an S thing that gets us to a victory. So it won't be style. It won't be scheme. It won't be stats. You know, it won't be speed. It'll be emotion. And it'll be that suddenly Bama, who is a very mentally strong team, which is, that's really what makes them difficult to to beat, honestly, is that they are very mentally strong. They don't wilt. And um, they're prepared excellently by their coaching staff that way. And so LSU has to match that level. And there's plenty of instances of teams with lesser talent pulling upsets, but I really think the upset here comes from like the home field advantage. It comes from those sort of intangible things. And I sound like such a football bro, like old school football coach talking about this. I'm sure someone like Seth would eviscerate me for it, but I don't see LSU like dialing up a game plan that's going to just put them ahead of Bama here. They're not going to like out coach and out play and out talent Bama. They're going to yeah, they're going to they're going to hustle more. They're going to hit harder. They're going to play with more emotion and more focus, I guess. LSU wants this to be the 1979 USC game only without the face mask call. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, like this is one of the things I like about college football and is that it? Sometimes it's kids playing in front of you know crazed fans, and emotion does play a role. I mean, these aren't automatons; like the, these are kids, and we forget about that. And they make mistakes, and they get rattled, and they you know they get high, they get they can ride emotion. Um, you, you still do have to play with scheme. You can't just you can't have emotion and nothing else. Like you, you know, you can have the most you know, grit in the world. If you're not any good, you have no chance of winning. Um, as much as people are talking about Bama, and I think rightfully so, Bama's really effing good. I think what is lost is that LSU has a ton of talent too. I mean, they're making it sound like this is, you know, you know, it's the gas house gorillas versus the mud, you know, the Mudville nine. Um, LSU is not just some, bottom of the barrel, you know, team that's in, you know, second division in the SEC, they have one of the strongest rosters in the country. They're one of the few rosters, even though I think Bama has more talent than everyone else in the country, LSU can match up with Bama on a talent level. It's true. But, like, where, what places do you see, from a matchup perspective... So I, I just peeked, like I hopped over from a ma- from a matchup perspective. Okay, I, just before I ask, I peeked, I hopped over to two four seven because they do the t- total team composite, and so right yeah. now they have Ohio State as the number one, uh, Bama. If you don't know how this works, it's basically a composite of the whole roster based on like their recruiting level five four three stars. So uh, there's some inherent like misses in there. It's obviously like someone that's a three star that's now a starter is not going to be equally valued here. But yeah, it's a it's this okay picture of your talent level. So Bama is two and LSU is seven, and we're about almost a hundred points behind them. Yeah, I don't know what a hundred points means in this in this scenario. Yeah, I mean they. I, I honestly don't like. What's the scale? So Ohio State is 984, Bama is 978, Georgia is 963, and then we are 890. But that being said, in between us, USC, Florida State are 4 and 5, and then Clemson. So you're getting some idea that, like, part of this is, you know, failed rankings or failed coaching staffs. Well, there is that. Uh, and But also, like, before the year when Bud Elliott does his uh, – his whatchamacallit, his uh, blue chip ratio. Yes. LSU cleared the blue chip ratio. They're in the club. Yeah. 
And I, I while I again I agree, Bama is more talented. It's not. This is not Alabama versus Ole Miss. Indeed, I agree. And I think it's kind of being portrayed that way. Like LSU was like, oh my god, they're like, they have no chance to win this because they just don't have any of the talent that. And I think that's kind of ridiculous. Well, I feel like short of Ohio State and probably Clemson, I feel like they would say that about anybody they're going to play. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's that's fair. I think Ohio State and Clemson are the teams. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, from a matchup perspective, like who are you – where do you see LSU having advantages? Um, I think I, I do think our secondary is better, which is good because Alabama's receivers are awesome. Do you think our secondary are better than their receivers? Um, oh God, I hate making a cross. I think our secondary is better than their secondary. Yeah, uh, um, but I'm looking at it from like the units that are going to be squaring off. Like, can Greedy and all those guys lock down Rugs and Smith and? All the talent they have. If LSU can't, no one can. How about let's put it like that? Yeah, I think that's a great. Yeah, this is e- okay. Yeah, and to follow that, this is easily by far the best secondary they faced all year. Yeah, I, I mean, they, this is where we get into their matchups. They really have beaten up on some bad defenses. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not just they've beaten bad teams; they've been especially bad at defense. Um, I don't want to say that their receivers are no good. Of course they're good. But they also have not played anybody who can remotely cover them. <laughs> yes. I agree. I, mean, I don't know. I'm not as in love with their receiving core as much as I am Tua. Cause he yeah, just I, seems... I think that's also what I agree with. I don't think it's quite... Yeah, I, I'm not quite as, oh, my God, they're, how are we going to stop their receivers? They have a lot of explosiveness. And they've kind of lived on big plays, so it'll be interesting to see how LSU does at limiting that. Like, what if they force Bama into being an efficient, uh, like, needing to pick up multiple first downs and not just pick 50 yards of the field off on one play... How can they operate? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's fair. Um, I, uh, I don't know. I. So yeah, I think the secondaries are a big advantage. Um, I. They obviously have a better defensive line than we do. Um, our linebacking unit. I think they have, they have a deeper unit, but I like our top end talent better. If that's. If that makes sense. Sure. Like I, I like, I like our our top guys better, but I do like. Um, I think they have more depth. Well, we did have depth, but it's been completely eviscerated. Yeah, I mean, divinity has really come on, but having uh, Chase on this game would really be nice. Yeah. yeah, and also like you know losing Taylor, like that's yeah. Like we've we've taken some hits in depth. Um, well, the flip side, like I don't, Dylan Moses is good, but I don't think he's, you know, he's not Reuben Foster. Yeah, they don't have that guy this year on the linebacker. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they just don't. And I, I think, well, you know, we're only going to have Devin White for a half. Um, but also, I think Jacob Phillips is on that level. I, I think one of the big factors in the Florida game is that Jacob Phillips didn't play. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I like our top two linebackers better than any of their linebackers after that. So I think we're stronger there. Um, their defensive line, I think, kills ours. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not crazy. The problem is, is on the offensive side of the ball. I think they win pretty much every matchup. I mean, their their running backs are insane. Mm-hmm. We've already said enough about Tua. Um, I think our receiving core has just as much talent, but, man, they've had the dropsies. You know, they, and it's it, it's popped up at bad times. It has. You, you you never know who you know whose day it is to have a you know have the dropsies. Um, so I think our receiving cores. I, I don't think they have quite as big of an advantage as people might just because of 
I agree. I think their receivers, a lot of them are a function of how great Tua is. And I mean, I think Justin Jefferson might be the best receiver on the field. Yeah, well, he was wretched against Mississippi State, but he was. But also, it was raining. It, it yeah. was, you know. And also, I'm willing to spot anyone one bad game. But I mean, and this is the key matchup of the game. Their offensive line is so much better than our offensive line. LSU, for the first time all season, is going to have a healthy offensive line. They need to have their best performance of the season. As much as people have talked up, Burrow needs to have a good game. And he does. I mean, Burrow can't complete just 50% of his passes. The key matchup in this game is LSU's offensive line versus Alabama's defensive line. I haven't done any exhaustive film study, but I think Burrow is a pretty good quarterback when he's protected. Um, Like most quarterbacks, right? Like as soon as he starts getting tagged a bit, he gets frazzled. And even if the pressure's not there, he starts feeling it and it, that's a pretty normal young quarterback thing to be experiencing. He's still learning, even yeah, if he's a junior or whatever, you know? To give also Burrow a little bit of credit, he hasn't shown much frustration with the drops. No. No, he come, he'll go right back to them. Yeah, like, he, he, yeah, he does not, like, get ticked off at a receiver and just, you know, completely cut him out of the offense. And he doesn't pout on the sidelines when guys – he doesn't show his guys up. No, I, I think that's one, of Bur- that's one of his better qualities. Um, I agree. Honestly, I don't think he shows his offensive lineup. Um, but it's really not the line's fault. I mean, they really have been. I think we've only had the same line twice all year. Yeah. I mean, it's – and if you compare it to what our starting line was in the spring game, we've never had it. <laughs> yep. I, I mean, it's – it is a really banged up offense. But getting Brumfield back I think is a – that's another one of the key things that, you know, he couldn't play the Florida game. I think losing Brumfield was a, once they started losing guys on the interior, uh, I think it's when things started to break down. They really need the interior to hold up. Um, Cush, you know, Lewis Brumfield. I think those, that's kind of the core of the line. Um, If they can hold up, uh, look, you're not going to go through the Bama game without giving up a single sack. I think that's ridiculous. But it's not just the sacks. They need to open up some running lanes. Yeah. <sighs> they do. What is your – okay, let's play this game. You win the toss. You taking the ball? You playing yeah, defense? I yeah, I think so ball. too. I think I think every possession you can eliminate without Devin White on the field is a victory. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think – yeah, and by that I mean like without having to t- field the defense without him on the field. I agree. You know, you, you do not want to have Alabama's. You want to take away a possession from Alabama where they face an LSU defense without Devin White. Yeah, if LSU can get the ball to start the game on the one yard line and drive like twenty seven plays, three and a half yards a play, that run perfect. it all the way to the end of the half and then kick a field goal, like that would be a beautiful half. You know, <laughs> like, and, yeah, I would take it. Um, and then also I think you get the second advantage is if you're close at the half, which is, you know, let's face it, if you're getting blown out, you know, it's all academic anyway. Yep. Um, but if it's close at the half and you start the second half, you're going to have that moment when Devin White takes the field and, you know, yeah, the place they'll announce it over the, the place is going to go crazy. If that game is close at that moment. When Devin White takes the field, they'll, they'll probably say, you know, now in the game, you know, number 40, Devin White. And it, it'll be like a basketball announcement kind of thing. It, it'll, it'll blow the roof off the place. And for a team that has struggled to find itself in the third quarter, I think having that kind of emotional lift is going to matter. Would you – I saw this little like meme thing going around eh, probably a week ago. Devin White comes out for the second half. Put him in the seven jersey. I, I would love that. I got I got nothing against that. Come out wearing number seven. Uh, yeah, if they, I can imagine the announcement now wearing number seven. People would go ape shit. I, yeah, the, the whole place. It would bring the house down. <coughs> I hope yeah, they do no, it. Yeah, I, I would totally support something like that. But just him. If you look at LSU games this season, we've talked about it a lot. The third quarter has really been bad. Yeah. LSU, LSU has struggled in the third quarter in nearly every game. Not all of them, but most. Um, if they can get, if they can 
create a plan in which they get an emotional lift right before the third quarter, I think that makes that third quarter swoon less likely. So I think it's worth doing. Yeah, I think so. This is this. I mean, they, it it is a team you cannot afford to have lapses against for any time at all. The, s- the smallest lapse will cost you. Uh, yeah, I think that's the big thing. It's like they have. There's been a lot of times. Yeah, if the third quarter. If you took the third quarter off, Bam is going to score 21 points on you. The game's going to be over. Yep. Like you can have a lapse, but it, it can be one play. You yeah. can't. You can't take a quarter off. Yeah, they need. They really need to live up to the types of things O talks about constantly of like compete, 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 compete. Every single play, they have to go out there, even if they got up by 42. You know, like the attitude has to be. Yeah, I mean, look, and this is the thing, you know, we've all started. LSU has not played its most complete, has not played a complete game yet. No. And. The closest they came, I mean, they blew out Ole Miss pretty convincingly. And in a weird way, I think Mississippi State kind of was. The offense wasn't performing, but that was just a slow motion, uh, you know, wrapping them up in a bag and just, you know, hitting them with a sock of quarters until they finally, you know, went limp. Oh, that game, that was awful. Just a brutal, brutal game. But it was kind of relentless. You know, they just slowly just sucked their will out <laughs> from them. And they knew Mississippi State couldn't score, so they just kept, kept kicking field goals, and it was fine. I, there, there's something to, to be said about playing the opponent in front of you. The strategy of going conservative once you hit the 30-yard line would have been terrible against Alabama, but it's great against Mississippi State. Yeah, in the rain when no one's doing anything on offense. Yeah, like, yeah make them make a play. The problem is, say that against Bama, they will make a play. Yeah. And that's, the, I, that's the frustrating part of probably like the last six, seven years is it's basically felt like they've had us in a stranglehold. And we might be hanging on for a while, but they'd never let go of our throat. And so it was like eventually we were going to pass out. It was going <laughs> to happen every single time. I don't know. What's been irritating about the games in Tiger Stadium, I, I, I do think the games in Baton Rouge have been different than the games in Tuscaloosa. I think except for the last one where they beat us 10-0, which I do agree was kind of the slow motion. It was nothing-nothing going into the fourth quarter, but they scored right away. And, like, that was one where we were just clinging for dear life and then it just fell apart. But the other two, I think LSU was the better team. And LSU had the game in hand to win and then, like, just something happened. You know, whether it was a bad call or the stop right on the goal line, you know, Mettenberger throwing his arms up, you know, thinking it was a touchdown – yeah. I think LSU had, or even like the one in the first one in Tuscaloosa in 2012, like they had the chance to win the game and just didn't put it away. I think LSU has had chances to win. It hasn't felt inevitable. They've even outplayed them. They just, in the last five minutes, have played their worst. And, you know, that speaks very highly of Bama. Um, but also, I think, that's why I don't like kind of the defeatist talk. It's LSU has played. In this losing streak, LSU has largely played with Bama, except for two of the games in Tuscaloosa. Like one of them was just in, you know, I forget which one, which year it was, but the, it was just a total ass whooping. But by and large, LSU has not been out totally outclassed, which is a weird thing to say for a team that you've lost to seven straight times. But they really have it. It, it's, it reminds me when I was – this is you know to how I was a little kid. When I was a little kid uh, growing up in Maryland, Maryland would always lose to Penn State. And they would always lose by like less than you know four points. And it was just a thing. Every year you'd have a chance to win and you, you'd just find a way to lose in the final minutes. And so there was this – and Maryland never beat Penn State. And so it felt like – it felt bigger than it was because what was so frustrating about it was not, oh, we lose every year. It was we lose every year. But damn it, we were better. And we just found ways to not win in the end. And that's where we go back to there is a huge emotional component to this. I mean, I want to believe you and go with it, but I'm, I pull up the rivalry. So, like, the since the last time we beat them in 2011, last year we lost by two touchdowns. The year before that, it was close to the fourth, but we lost by 10. The year before yeah, that, we lost by 14. We lost by seven. We lost by 
21. We lost by four, and we lost by 21 again. So, like, a lot of blowouts in two close games, basically. Yeah. Well, 10 no, the 10-0 game wasn't a blowout, but... No, yeah, but that, that, that is the one that you were describing. It was. It was a slow-motion suffocation. I mean, it just... I mean, they've had our number. Like, there's no sense in not acknowledging it. And you're, I'm not saying you aren't. Yeah, they have had our number. And, but I think a lot of it is an emotional thing. I, I think this fan base and even this, even this team, even though they weren't there, I think there is a huge component of this fan base, this team, people in the building or the coaching staff are still in 2012. How do you think, on that note, how do you feel that um – Ogeron has sort of handled that messaging this week. I think it's been great. I haven't even talked about it. Like, I haven't heard him really say anything about it. Like, he's just like, we expect to win. You know, this is another game. It's it's a big game. I do like that he's acknowledging this is a huge game. But this is one of the first times I feel that we're not trapped in the past. Yeah, I felt a little more like he took it a, a bit more head on. Yeah. And rather than doing the like, well, it's a quality opponent. We really respect our opponent kind of bullshit. It was... He did some of that, but I don't know. Yeah, his tone felt a little different. Yeah, and there's something about it. It feels like – because, look, none of these players were on that team. But, you know, there was always this institutional memory of it. Yeah. You know, you know I, it was, it's hard to explain. Like, But I, I, I do think there was a – I mean, there is a physical thing to it because Alabama is just a really, really talented team. But there's also just been a massive mental block. Yeah. So the average margin of victory over the last, what, how many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven games is like 13. But we should have really won in 2014. And we, we should have won in 2012. 2012, we should have won. And then there was the other one we should have. There was the last time, 2015, the last one in Tiger Stadium before... I'm getting all my years confused. 2016. That's the 10 yeah. the 10-0 one. No, the 10-0 one, they beat us pretty sadly. I'm I'm getting my games confused. I'm not looking at the Yeah. Um, the 2014 one was the one where we got down in the red zone and had the bullshit Vidal Alexander. Yeah, yeah that, that one still is just Yeah, that that was uh, a <laughs> I mean, then there's the the ge- you're right, though. The game in Baton Rouge has a different bent to it. Because when we go to Tuscaloosa, they pretty much just hammer us. Yeah, I agree that the Tuscaloosa games have been, you know, they've been bad. So, yeah, yeah. but I think the Baton Rouge games, there's been a little bit more of a... Okay, let's see. Yeah, hang on, I'm trying to get to it as well. Um, yeah, the 10 nothing, like the last three and... At, at home, the 21-17, 20 20-13, So that's 21 over three games. They've lost by an average of seven points. Yeah. That's close games. Yeah. But, you know, the games in Alabama have had a totally different feel. I do agree with that. Like, they've been pretty thoroughly dominated. I think 2013 was the worst of them. Like, that one's just, they just kicked the living hell out of us. Yes. And this is – so this is where we get to the point of, I guess – I mean, the way the media is talking about it, this is the greatest Alabama team of all time. Like and I'm just not sure – I'm not sold on it yet. Yeah, it's an interesting – Like, I mean, I see where they're coming from, but they literally haven't played anybody good yet. I mean – I would like for them to beat a good team before we crown them the greatest team ever. Yeah. The other piece that I find interesting is Saban in his press conference this week said, um, this is a different LSU team than the type we're used to seeing. And I feel like you could say the same about Alabama. Like, this is not your vintage Saban Alabama team. Yeah. No, I agree with that. They're not, you know, just the choke hold you until you die. Yeah. Um, Yeah. These... And I think that's how come we can finally put – we'll never put 2012 behind us until we win. But I do think it's become – now it's more about the streak than that game um, because it does feel like different teams now. Yeah. For, for a long time, it just felt like the same team with just different people. Yeah. 
and look, what is really frustrating is that Alabama treats LSU as an equal, which is really frustrating. You'd like them to overlook the game once in a while. Yeah, they're never they're never looking past it. Yeah, like this is the game they circle on the calendar. Yeah, it's tough. And so LSU always gets Alabama's best effort. And when you play the best team and get their best effort, that normally does not bode very well for you. <laughs> I mean, look, this is another great Alabama team. Um, I'm not I, – I just – I don't want to call them the best ever until we see how they perform against good teams. They might be the best team ever. I mean, they certainly are on pace to do it. But the, that's a pretty big caveat of – their schedule has been absolute garbage. And, and look, yeah, I think you're right. If you look at the stats, you look at film, there is no reasonable way to predict LSU to win this game. I, I think that's the fair way to approach it. <laughs> Alabama is better. Yeah. And as long as they're on this win streak, they have the mental edge that, you know, they've got the Heisman candidate. Um, They're loaded to the gills with talent. They've got maybe the best coach ever. Yes. That's that's a lot of advantages. Um, LSU's advantage is literally Tiger Stadium and emotion. And and I will say that they do – I – I like LSU's defense a little bit more than I like Alabama's defense. It's not significantly huge, but I think LSU has more defensive playmakers. So those guys have to make plays. Grant Delpit has to make a play. Yeah. You know, someone like Jacoby Stevens has to make a play. Yeah, LSU needs some uh, unknown heroes. They need guys like Stevens or Giles or whoever. You know, they need Giles to rip a big return. You know, someone that you're not – seeing coming and, and look to Bama and their wins they have gotten those plays whether it's been a bad call you know or a fortunate call they've gotten you know the ball has bounced their way you know they've gotten the big stop they've made that one big play LSU needs someone to step up and make that big play and you know honestly I saw someone make this point and I think it is Something that's being roundly ignored is probably the one difference in this LSU team that we've had since maybe Jefferson is that we now have a quarterback that can run a little bit. Uh, yeah, he is decept- He is a deceptive runner. And then also, like, and this is something we've talked about a little bit, is that I do think Burrow is better than his numbers. Yeah, I agree. He, he can make throws. Uh, he has shown the ability to make big throws. Um. He's got the talent to do that. And while it hasn't always worked out, he's had like these long stretches. It's mainly the inconsistent play that's gotten him, not a lack of talent. Which is weird when people are comparing him to Etling, who had actually, I think, pretty good numbers. But I didn't feel Etling could make that special throw. Yeah. Burrow can. And... Yeah, he can run a little bit. He can make plays. When I say that Alabama's the better team and is probably going to win, look, probably doesn't mean doesn't mean Jack wins Saturday once the game starts. You know, upsets happen all the time in college football, and that's why we go to games. Yeah. Uh, I, they are not invincible. They're just really, really good. I think it'd be foolish to go into this game thinking that we're their equal, but at the same time, they're not so much better than us that we've got no chance. I, I think that's the balance of it. You, LSU needs to play their their A plus game to win. <clears throat> no, for sure. I mean, for as far as Burrow as a runner, I, the reason I bring it up is just because it's been posted a bit. Like when LSU runs the football, they tend to win and. Against Alabama, we have not run the football successfully in a long time. And a part of that is because you could just hone down and say, like, well, there's the running back. We're going to stop him. That's the one guy we got to stop. And now they have to respect Burrow at least a little bit. 
And I don't think he'll be successful, but I think he opens up the opportunity for other guys to make a little hay. And if LSU can find the running game, then I think that really, it helps them in many ways, especially just sucking. They want to shorten the game. They want, yeah. they don't want to be into a shootout with this Alabama team. This is the one no, they, team. Maybe in the past you would, but this Alabama team, no. It's not the one you want to be in a shootout with. So Yeah, they're, they're pretty darn good. To your point of like scheming against your opponent, the opponent in front of you, this is a great opportunity for LSU to do what Florida tried to do to us. Make it ugly. Scrap it up. Like Make this... A game of oh, yeah. long yeah. drives and long possessions and driving the field and needing to run the football and needing to convert fourth and ones. Like, you want a lot of that shit. You don't want to and, get into this, like, sprint. And that's the other thing is you want to do that to Alabama. You want to keep everything in front of you. You want to limit the big plays. Make them be efficient. Yep. You know, make them use three downs to get a first. Yeah, make two a complete 30 of, you know, 40 passes. Make him do that work. Yeah, and if he doesn't, good for him. But at the same time... Don't give up the 50-yard bomb. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, I think we're mostly in the same space on this. Or do you have – I mean, you're going to ride delusional optimism to the end. Are you going to go into the game thinking we got a shot here? Or are you tempering oh, of course yourself? We have a shot. I mean, yeah, like the, I, I think the idea that the team has no shot is ridiculous. Of course it does. And honestly, LSU has a better chance to beat Alabama than any team on their schedule until the SEC championship game. And even then, we might be a better team than Georgia. Yeah, we might. So so if LSU can't beat them, literally no one can until the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think we, we go into this game apologizing. I think mean, that's – you don't – What's the old thing that Orgeron says a lot that, you know, you go into the game with Alabama having already won? Yeah. You know, a lot of times teams play them and they're already cowering. You know, to give LSU credit, LSU very rarely goes to the Bama game cowering. True. And, and I think LSU needs to go at them and, you know, play like an equal. Um, it. Might not work, but at the same time, I don't think you're going to beat this team. You, you need big plays to go your way, and that means you know your best players need to show out. That, that's that's LSU's formula. You know they need Grant Delpit to make a big play. They need you know Justin Jefferson to make a big play. You know they need one of the two running backs to have a big day. Doesn't matter which one. Um, and so this is something that you know what goes back to the last days. Putting guys in a position to make plays. Yeah, you know, like the D'Ang- you know, the famous D'Angelo Peterson run. You know, put your faith in a guy. Say, hey, we're going to call your number. Even you know, Carter, you don't get the ball that much, but we're going to put the ball in your hands. Make a play. Yeah. You know, Jamar Chase. You know, you're a freshman. I don't care. Make a big play. This is why you came to LSU. Right. You came for this game. Yeah. This, and, is, this is your moment. Yeah. And uh, I think Bama is deservedly the favorite. But no team will have a better chance to beat them than us. Which is sort of terrifying that it's a 14-point spread. That's That speaks to how good they are. Yeah, it really does. I mean, but you look at the rest of their schedule. Who's going to beat them? You know, Mississippi State, Auburn. <clears throat> yeah, it, it looks bleak. And also just to be total negative, it feels defeatist just because it's like we could win this game and it's still going to be kind of meaningless. No, it'll, it'll have tons of meaning. Like just for us to get to the SEC championship, it will. But yeah. No, just to end the streak, to beat Bama is going to be big. If we beat Bama, go to the SEC Championship, win the SEC, get in the playoff, they get in and then beat us, it'll be it'll mean nothing. Nah. That would suck. But yes, that <laughs> is a possibility that could happen. But I, I do think there's a lot of value in just ending the streak. And I think this is a point that like Billy made, like about the Georgia game. Like it doesn't matter what, 20 years from now, you don't remember who won, 
you know, the SEC championship in a particular year normally. You remember particular games. Sure. And we're going to remember that Georgia game. Like, that's one of the moments. You know, that is a defining game of the Ed Orgeron era, as is the Auburn game from this year. If they beat Alabama, it'll mean something because it'll be a defining game for this program and for this coach and, you know, all the players as well. Now, there's still a whole bunch of hurdles as far as what it means for this season because, I mean, you still would have to, you know, probably beat Georgia again in the SEC championship game, which is no sure thing. And, yes, Alabama will do their patented don't win the SEC and then still go to the playoffs. Where, you know, LSU would probably play Clemson in the first round. And you kind of have your thing. It's like, would you rather just lose to Clemson first than <laughs> lose to Bama a second time? Like, I mean, at, there is something. I, I see where you're going of the whole, you know, re-experiencing the, you know, January 20, 2012. But I think this is a different team than the 2011 team. Because that 2011 team was just great. And this team is playing with house money. It, yeah. It, it's a little bit easier to swallow a loss with this team than it was in 2011, which could have gone down as, speaking of greatest teams of all time. I mean, if LSU wins the national title that year, it, it goes down as one of the greatest teams ever assembled. For sure. So that's what's frustrating about it. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I I got ahead of myself, I guess. It just yeah, no, that's that's so. I mean, yeah, it's, it's way too long way to worry about. And and then at that point, you just become a really big Notre Dame fan. Yeah, you're like, hey, you know, hang on, but you know, hang on, guys, root for Michigan. Like, you know, maybe they won't find a way to back in. I, I think they will. Like, yes, I, I do agree. It doesn't mean as much for Bama. Bama can lose this game and still go to the playoffs. Absolutely. But we can't, A, concern ourselves with that. And also, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. That's not what this season's about. (laughs) We didn't really come into this season talking about the national championship. No, not at all. Which is why I think if LSU plays this game with – I mean, I hate loser talk. I'm not ta- like I yeah. want LSU to win the game, but if they go into the game and they lose by three points, like come in the effort, be happy. Like that's I that's, will, but that'll still hurt. Like, look, we've lost, sure. but we've lost to them by three before. That's not gonna make me feel better. No, it's not. It's not. But the yeah, long, like, the long view, the zoomed out view is like, oh, that was close. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Look, if this team loses to Bama and then wins the rest of their games, it's a successful year. Yes, that's what but I was like, trying to get to. Yeah. Will I be happy the, on Sunday? No. It'll take me a day or two. But yes, you're right. Like, this season is not defined by this Bama game. Yeah, and for God's sake, if we do lose, don't turn around and lose to Arkansas. Like, yeah, don't don't do that shit. If you lose this game, you need to finish up strong. You need to beat Arkansas. You need to beat A&M. I forget who our other Patsy is on the schedule. but Citadel. I think. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we need oh, to be Rice. 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 Yeah, okay. So you need to win, you know, win your final three and everyone will be okay with it. Like, well, you know, not okay. Nah, they'll be okay with it by Thanksgiving. Yeah. <clears throat> Particularly if this Bama team goes down as the greatest team of all time. You'll be like, all right. Yeah, what know. can you do? Yeah, like, look, everyone picked us to finish fifth in the SEC West. And, you know, we finished. You know, that's a top, and we finish in the top ten in the country. We might finish in the top five, even if we lose to Bama. Yeah, we're not going to fall far if we lose, especially close. So, yeah, uh, there are ways to still have a good year if you lose this game. But if you win, well, then you're into the you know the Herb Brooks era, you know, level of you lose this game you'll take it to your fucking graves <laughs> which is what he told the team after the the Russia game they still had to play Finland 
Yeah. I mean, I am setting myself up. I mean, in keeping with my column that I wrote weeks ago, I'm expecting to lose this game. I wouldn't go into as expecting to lose, but I, I will say that it is more likely than not that Alabama wins. How about that? Yeah. But I don't I don't want to go as far as saying, like, it's a sure thing, and if we win, it takes a miracle. LSU doesn't need a miracle to win this game. No, they I don't do think they to, need a miracle, but I'm not expecting them to come out on the good side. They do need to, they do need to play their A-plus game, which we have not seen a full four, full four, four quarters out of this team. Yeah, I don't really like. I still just feel like with this team, I don't know what to expect because every time I think I do, they just do some other weird bullshit. So yeah, it, it, you know, it's it's a weird team. It's a team that's been finding itself all year, it, which oddly might be an advantage against Alabama because I feel like they're the masters of like looking for tendencies. Yeah, and if I, you like go look for LSU's tendencies, it's like this scatter plot of like. Just dots all over the place. There's yeah, no like, that. there's no condensed dots. It's just like, what the fuck is this? Well, because like on the one hand, you know, we've talked about you know, shortening the game and making it ugly, and that means like running the ball a ton and stuff like that. On the flip side, you know, Burrow's been really good in the first quarter. Maybe you come out and just slinging the ball around. I don't know. Both <laughs> yeah. both both strategies have their merits. It's going to be a total, like, I, I just imagine game prep for this game over the last two weeks. Like, Saban asked for his charts showing all the data, and they just gave him, like, these Jackson Pollock-looking things. They were just like, what the yeah. fuck is this? It's like, what the hell? Oh, yeah. yeah, and I think, you know, god damn you, Ed Argeron. <laughs> I don't even understand. Yeah, and I, I think there's something to be said for that, is that this team really does go all over the place. And it, it makes them hard to read. But, like, I there's a lot of guys on this team that have a ton of talent, and you wouldn't be surprised if they played the hero, but you wouldn't count on them to be the hero. Like, if we come in next week and we're talking about how Steven Sullivan made a huge catch in the end zone to win the game, you wouldn't be stunned that that happened. Right. But you wouldn't expect it. Well, yeah, it's in keeping, too, with, like, LSU's offense hasn't really had, I mean, Jordan Jefferson a bit, but... They just kind of go with whatever. I don't know. Yeah, they, they, if I don't Marshall know what they, comes out and has like six catches for 100 yards, you wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. But you wouldn't count on it. Like, And that's, I think, the thing about the LSU offense. is like there's a lot of guys who, you know, I just wouldn't count on it. But at the same time, like I wouldn't be shocked. So it's just a matter of finding that guy who's having that game. Yeah. Yeah, Jefferson's our leading receiver, but then Steven Sullivan and D. Anderson both have 15 catches right behind him. Yeah, like, you know, that's... He, he, Burrow's done a really good job of spreading the ball all over the field. Like, definitely give him credit for that. Yeah, and I, I think that was something Ensminger wanted to do. And I think that was, in part, response to Alabama. They wanted to say, like, well, we're no longer, like, the team that flows through Fournette or the team that flows through guys. We are now... This multi-dimensional threat. You got to defend every part of the field if you want to defend yeah. our offense. And also, we're not sending like one guy out on a route. Yeah. Or even two. Like even when you know Mettenberger was there, we were putting up big offensive numbers. There was only really two guys running routes. Two awesome guys. But it was just Beckham and Landry. There wasn't really a third option. No. <clears throat> I mean, this team has a third, a fourth, a fifth option. And that's kind of weird for an LSU fan. Look at the op, you know, no matter who he's throwing it to, you're like, okay, yeah, that guy can make a play. I have confidence in him. For sure. And yet our numbers still stink. Yeah, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I know. But, like, I do think there's a function of, once again, I think gameplay is a function of that. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I am genuinely interested in the game plan that they will employ because it feels like a game where they should go with vintage Les Miles style to try and just suck the clock out of the, you know, out of the game and just make it drag and be a slow fist fight. Um, but I don't know. I mean, Ogeron went aggressive against Georgia, and I would have probably said the same thing about that game. Like, do, yeah. do the same thing against them. But. I think the big key is that when they get – Inside, forget even the 20, the 30 yard line. When they get inside the 30, they need to score touchdowns. Yeah. 
and that's been the thing that's lacking for this team. They have not been able to finish drives. Score points, win games. No, I agree. Like it's 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 the name of the game is scoring points, and so LSU needs to. If they have a special package to run in the red zone, this is the week to install those packages. But then again, even against Georgia, they kicked field goals and it worked out. And who would have guessed that? That's true. It does add up. I mean, if you can successfully make every single field, every trip down the field, you're kicking a field goal. It sucks to feel like you're settling in the moment. But if you're doing it routinely, it's not such a bad thing. You have, you know, 10 possessions in the game and you kick eight field goals. You you have 24 points. Yeah. Which is basically what LSU has been. Yeah. If you turn just one of those into a touchdown, all of a sudden you're at 28. Like, it's... So, yeah, I don't think we're going to see a repeat of the 2011 game. It doesn't feel like that. No... I, I don't think it's going to be a nine to six game. Like, I agree with that, but I also don't think it's going to be fifty to forty. That would shock me. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we'll see a game in the twenties. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think it'll be like final score will be. I, I know the reporter. You know, I, I don't know who said it, but it was just like first one. You know, you need to score thirty to win. Which one's like who said that? Reporters, I did. <laughs> I, I still think that's a good observation. I think you know. Score 30 points. You, you, I don't want to say you're probably going to win this game, but if you're Bama, you score 30 points, you're probably going to win. But I think LSU can win you know, by scoring 30. Yeah. You know, if we walk home and the final score is 30 to 28, I, you know, LSU can be on the top of that. Yeah. And just go ahead and emotionally prepare all of yourselves now in case – Bama does boat race us. It doesn't mean that our program is ending. It doesn't no, I mean that. that we will never beat Alabama again. It doesn't mean that we're doing a terrible job. We don't have a good roster. We don't have good coaches. None of those things are true. Yeah, this is not the, the game that's going to define this team, probably. They could beat us 50 to 3 and. Just move on. Yeah. I, I do agree with that. Like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't want to get hung up on this game. You know, like, I think we've played. We have put too much importance on the Alabama game every year. This is the one year <clears throat> where enough good things have happened that, look, the game's important, and of course you want to win. It'd be great if they did. But if they don't, it is not the death knell of the program. Go with the rest of the season, and this is still a fantastic year, particularly for what was expected out of them. Yeah. Next exactly. year, you don't get the free pass. Like, this is your one-year free pass. Yep. That said, go win. Yeah, that said, go win. The bar says win. 